0: This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Men Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans, or anybody, just be nice.
1: Well if podcast episodes were the percentage of Bam Bam Bigelow's body, covered in second degree burns, acquired while rescuing three girls from a house fire. You'd know this has to be episode 40 of The Harmonious Gentleman. Hi,
2: I'm Chris. I'm Graham, and I knew you were going to use that. I, just, I said 40, Bam Bam Bigelow. I thought my mind went right there.
3: What are we talking about? Yeah, I'm really Bam confused Bam Bam right now.
2: Bam Bam Bigelow is a wrestler from the late 80s, early 90s, and uh, known for his unique looks, uh, shaved head, tattooed, bald scalp. But he did rescue people in real yeah, life. Three girls. And ended up being saved their lives. burned in 40?
3: 40% of his body. Yeah. Covered in burns? Is that covered what? in second degree burns. Wow. He's a hero.
2: What an intro. Well, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that something? <laughs> well, look, it's our 40th episode, so I'm, it, I appreciate I, you going big. It had to be something like game stopping. Yeah. Mm. You said your name. I said my name. Oh,
0: I'm Peter. Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm Tyler. And together we make <laughs> the Harmonious <laughs> Gentleman. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to
1: episode forty. This is big.
3: It is. It's,
2: I yeah. hardly believe it.
1: No, it, it speaks to just sticking with it and um, a sense of just really <laughs> liking to be with each other. Absolutely. Wait, we do?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it, and I. It, I think if people weren't interacting
2: with us with emails and conversations like this, would have died a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I think that's the reason this is so much fun. Yeah. Is because it continues to the fans. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call them fans.
3: (laughs) Harmonious heads. The harmony harmony
1: heads.
2: (laughs) Uh, We have an email, and I think it's fitting that we have an email from this character on our 40th.
3: Yeah, he's been around, not quite from the beginning, but he's been a loyal listener probably since... Oh, I wish I knew which episode it was, but we had an episode about extraterrestrials, and he started writing us at that point. It's another email from Tim Alien. And he wrote... Dear Harmonious gentlest, es- he, always, he always gets me with some of his, his language here. Dear Harmonious Gentlerestrials. One of my fears... So he, he must, he's responding to our episode about fears. One of my fears at the pinnacle of my list is terrestrials achieving the ability to read extraterrestrials' minds. So you can imagine my terror when I was listening to your last podcast. With every intent of emailing in my fears... And you then implored me to do so. (laughs) After I had a few restless nights, I came to the conclusion that this was coincidence and have found restored peace for now. As you would assume, reading the minds of terrestrials is not too difficult for most of us. You would be wise to believe the extra psychics on planet Earth. However, if terrestrials were proven to be able to read extras minds, well, let's just say this would be a game changer. Hmm. Other fears of mine, astrophobia, space is big, like really big, meteorophobia, being hit a couple times, or been hit a couple times, scary stuff, and Udinophobia. what if my life was nothing? Live long and prosper, sugar water guy.
1: Wow.
0: My question is: He says long, restless nights. What signifies a night for an extraterrestrial? Yeah, it's a good question. Great, like,
1: great pick up there, Peter.
0: Yeah, like I—that's he. He needs to respond to that.
1: He must be on a planet that and has a, a day and night.
0: And now that I think about it, I said he. Uh, do extraterrestrials have gender? Yes, they do, Peter. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here first, yeah. folks
1: I, I'm never going to be
0: invited back Because uh, he's, he's going to criticize me And this will be yeah, we'll my last Harmonious Gentleman episode Yeah, He says
1: sugar water guy Ah, ah that's right, thank you so, But that could be Well, thanks, Tim
2: I appreciate that every mm-hmm. time And it had been a couple episodes So I was worried maybe he was in another solar system for a while But I guess he's back yeah. yeah. So I thought you guys, we would maybe, before we get to our recommendations and the um, the topic at hand, which by the way, Peter is bringing us the topic tonight, We're, the gentlemen don't even really know what it's going to be, so for our 40th, uh, we thought we'd just hand it over to our, um, you know, resident American Peter. But before we get to that, we should maybe talk about maybe a highlight from the podcast or something that you remember from the podcast. Um, Tyler, we want to start us off? There's
3: a number of episodes that come to mind or certain, like, it's hard to pinpoint exactly when certain things happened. Because 40 episodes, that's a lot. like Yeah, it is. Um, but anyways, I, I quickly scrolled through on my phone and looked at some titles. And Michael Jordan gambles with our hearts. I just remember that being a kind of a surprising episode. Like, we started by talking about a sports documentary and ended talking about accountability and friendship, and it—it yeah. it is, I think, one of our better episodes. So if you haven't heard that one, listener, go back and check it out. It's a good one.
2: Yeah. That was a really good one. And I love the ones that end up in a place we didn't expect.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: A fun moment um, from way early on, the episode Hell and Will Smith included. Maybe we were trying out different segments at that time, and we were talking about movies Will Smith had been in, and it led to a funny conversation about Tyler telling us his favorite will smith movie which was i am legend i believe i don't know if i said it was my favorite <laughs> no you did i said i liked <laughs> and, it <laughs> graham and i jokingly um dissing that at the same time as you kind of admitted it just led to a funny moment but there's lots of fun moments some of the people have that have been on me and, crying off mic ow, oh, it was unexpected
2: <laughs> <laughs> i have the audio from that still buried somewhere on this computer well, I, there's there's a lot of great things that I remember from the podcast, and but we had just talked about it just now before we started recording, and when I shared with you guys my movie script for Run from Rome, <laughs> idea, um, in our first online episode, and I, you know, I put myself out there, you know, I, I, it was nerve wracking to share, kind of bare my soul in a way, this mm-hmm. this idea I'd had for years. Mm-hmm only to get an email from Peter. (laughs) From this guy. So I love how Peter joins us uh, on some episodes, but also will email criticisms to us as well. (laughs) (laughs) And this time he did not like my movie idea. He predicted a 10%
0: Rotten Tomato score. But I did tell you ways to improve the idea.
2: Everyone really wants to hear that when they share, <laughs> but but you are so accurate with your Rotten Tomatoes that you must be correct.
0: Well, I, I was going to say like one of my favorite parts. Uh, I can't remember what episode this was on, but when you guys discovered my Rotten Tomatoes gift, and
1: uh, that was pretty early too.
0: Yeah, now now people ask me randomly uh, what the Rotten Tomatoes score is, uh, and would I'm you really call
1: good. that like a, like a spiritual gifting, uh, just an ability?
0: I call it discernment. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Sun episode
1: can. was was called Harry Potter's favorite coffee.
2: Oh.
3: I think we were talking about discernment, and, that's and probably when still it still has
2: out. our highest number of listens of any episode, too. Yeah,
1: and it's an obscure title. Yeah. We who still know? don't know who titles these, but they do a good good job.
0: Sometimes they do. Is it Timalian? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, here's to forty more. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see where we're going to be at fifty. It's going to be something else.
1: My question is: Is there a professional athlete who has burned eighty percent of their body?
2: Well, you're gonna have to get find that out. We'll, we'll f- stay tuned. Hopefully, by eighty, we have our own <laughs> gear. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the fortieth time, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna recommend some things to you, the listener, followed by a deep dive into a topic. Mm. Peter, do you wanna give us a little hint for the listeners where the topic's gonna be? Ah, uh, no. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to the recommendation portion of the 40th episode of The Harmonious Gentleman. I'm going to start us off. My recommendation is um, a restaurant that we've, ta- I think we've talked about on the show, but for our Red Deer listeners, I just wanted to make them aware, if they're not already able of the local um, restaurant, Cilantro and Chive, they obviously have a location in the Combe, and we've talked about them before,
1: I think. At I some think point. so. Probably the Lacombe version. Yeah. yeah,
2: but they open up a location in Red Deer, and... Um, we had some of the food, and it's awesome, just like it is here. So if you're in Red Deer and you weren't aware on the south side of Gates there, I forget what the old building that they moved into, but it's great. So Wildflower
1: Bistro, if you've been around town for a long time. Hmm. But there was something in between. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah, cilantro and Drive like good local. Everyone talks about supporting local businesses, and you can't do uh, much better than that. So,
3: hmm. They have a great selection of craft beer, like Alberta craft beer. Totally. They, like, yeah. I think hundreds, probably. Mm-hmm. And then they rotating taps and stuff. You can find Blind Man beer there.
2: That's the only beer you should be drinking, but yeah. yes, there's yeah, but lots of other ones you can look at. Yeah.
3: Once you've had one or two Blind Man, you can try something else.
2: Right. That's a good call. Blind Man's been with us every step of the way, by the way. All yeah. 40 episodes. It's They're awesome. in for the long haul. Yeah. Thanks, guys, at Blind Man.
0: Peter? Yeah, my recommendation is, uh, I don't know if it came out today or real recently, but one of my favorite bands, uh, White Horse, just came out with a new album. Yeah, really good. I listened to it today a couple of times and I I was quite, quite pleased with it. So I was working on my sermon while listening to it. So if you see uh, influences from that album in my sermons, that's cool. It's one of the
2: first things we did together (laughs) with our like wives. Hey, we went to a concert in Red Deer years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, we went, I went to see them more recently. I don't know if you were there, Graham. Yeah. And we talked to the, we talked to them and it was super awkward <laughs> i still think they're awesome like, hi like, i'm tyler hi we're like, white horse yeah but like <laughs> i don't know if you guys have talked to like musicians backstage or yeah. and you kind of have this expectation that it's going to be like so epic. special and so cool but it's like oh they're just kind of normal people yeah now what do we
1: talk about And they're like you want to buy a record <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i met jars of clay it was a very very similar experience like yeah. <laughs> hi we're jars of clay I'm like oh, okay
2: you could have handed them a, a sticker from the podcast, Tyler.
3: Oh, man. Missed opportunity.
1: That'd be cool on their guitar or something.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Next time. I'm
1: sure they would love that. They that probably would probably already a deco- listen, <laughs> listeners of the show, I bet. So, Guys, reach out, Whitehorse, and send us an email so we can plug you again. Uh, I'm going to recommend a Apple TV show. I don't really recommend getting Apple TV because unless it's free with your new device or something, there's not that much content on there that's worth it, but... One show that's on there now called "For All Mankind" is um, kind of an alternate, fictitious science fiction historical fiction version of the space race. That's very interesting. Hmm. I think it's been out for a couple of years. There's two seasons. That's very good. Cool. Apple. For all mankind.
2: What does that subscription cost for Apple TV Plus?
1: I think it's five ninety nine a month or something. Okay, but I have an Apple phone. Yeah. So I. An Apple phone, also known as an iPhone. So, uh, (laughs) I have a year free, I think. Okay, cool. I won't be renewing it. Okay. T-Pain. I,
3: well, speaking of pain, Mm. and 40-year-old, or not year old, 40 episodes into a podcast, I'm feeling old, and I have lots of pain when I exercise, or even when I don't exercise. And one thing that relieves that pain is a foam roller. And it's... I go through phases of using it and not using it. And lately I've been foam rolling kind of twice a day and it's making a big difference. So what is the I most painful
1: that. body part you foam rolled? Uh,
3: <laughs> can't talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> Accidentally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have you uh, done that, your it bands? Like yeah, the that's the one like on the oh, man, outside of your so painful
3: quads and hamstrings and I'm, yeah.
1: I'm so jealous.
2: I want to get one. I think I have FOMO. FOMO. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> F-O-A-M-O. That's Sorry.
2: nice. This is nice. the worst episode. That was now. quite good.
3: First segment was good.
2: Well, Tyler, I, I, I want to say thank you, because you, you lent me your roller a, a couple weeks ago to help mm-hmm. my with the running, so if it means that much to you, it was a nice Yeah, dresser. thanks for
3: returning it. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm.
2: It kind of smelled. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I... The anticipation is 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 killing me. So we need to get, get onto our topic here. Um, Peter, are you
1: ready?
0: Oh, I'm ready. I've been ready. Wow, just wow for like two hours. <laughs> like <Okay. as>
1: a- <laughs> it did take us a while to get set up.
2: Deep breath. Quick pause.
0: Okay, so the topic tonight, uh we're going to be talking LGBTQ issues, uh which we've talked before, uh and I'm going to get into the main point of the topic which I think will be interesting, but I kind of want to like real quickly as more of a minor point talk about the last uh LGBTQ episode we did because it's a uh, when we talk about like our favorite episodes, that was actually probably my least favorite. Like it was a queer eye for the harmonious guys. Uh but it's an episode that I'm really happy that is on there at the same time. So when you listen to it, uh it's like the episode where like I came out and we were like actually all nervous before that episode happened. Um, and it is the most awkward episode in the world. Like they're, they're like, first of all, I'm saying, um, a million times because I am just completely nervous. I did most of the talking because I didn't want anybody else to control the conversation. Like, I'm like, I want full control over everything that's going on here. Um, and a part of me like wishes that had never happened, but a part of me also really enjoys it because simply because like, that's. How I felt for like a year straight, like that awkwardness that like, I don't know, when when you talk about like coming out and uh, like uh, talk about issues of celibacy too, all that stuff is really awkward. Uh, And I like that people I hope anyway that people felt as awkward as I did. Like that's kind of like my wish.
1: Did you feel awkward when we were recording it or just like when you went back and listened to it?
0: Both. Like, okay. uh, because there was like, I came out to like my, like, uh, uh, church community and the friends I knew, but like, there was something like, I felt nervous about doing it on like a platform where I didn't, where I didn't know who'd be listening to mm-hmm. the, the funny thing is one of my friends who actually didn't know found out while listening to that episode. Oh, wow. So I Did think he's still listening, so... Did you
2: recommend it for that reason, sort of? Actually, no, I didn't. He <laughs> really? just
0: started listening. Chris recommended it to him. Uh, I don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you his name okay. later. Okay, uh, I have an idea. But, yeah, hmm. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty nervous before that, too.
3: I remember having a similar feeling, like nervousness going into it and it feeling a little awkward. But afterwards there is a lot of, it just started a lot of conversations that I thought. And I think that is when one of the moments in recording this podcast where I felt like there's kind of a purpose to this, like, um, we're not experts on really anything, but if we can start conversations and record and then a week later see someone and they're like, Hey, we listened to the podcast and we, I talked to my parents about Mm-hmm. um LGBTQ issues and I haven't done that before, and like those stories were really cool to hear, and I think that was one of our bigger coming out episodes where like we would um start conversations so that yeah well, a good one
0: and one of the things I heard from a lot of people is uh uh for a lot of people it's hard to like for them to see in their head of like somebody who's a pastor who and who cares about theology and whatnot and who's also gay and all that stuff is uh um like, for some people, I think it kind of shook their world a little bit.
1: So when you look back, you kind of think of it as like a time capsule almost? Like, it's captured this moment in time for you?
0: Yeah, because, like, when I when I listen back at that, that year that I recorded that, I was probably at, like, a very unhealthy emotional state. Like, not dangerous, but, like, I was trying to... Um, there's a lot going on there's a lot going on, like trying to figure out like just this constant like feeling of shame every time you're forced to talk about this issue you didn't want to talk about, and it's just yeah, like uh, so listening to it i'm I was like, yeah that's it's good to be reminded of that because it's easy to forget how difficult um that time was, and yeah, so I'm happy that's on there I remember really
2: hoping that you didn't feel like we were. I know you decided to, to talk about it on the podcast. That was your decision. But I also didn't, I still felt a little bit like, I hope this isn't pressure, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that you're uncomfortable maybe talking about this. And I, I knew you weren't, but I still had that feeling.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's just, it's one of those things I'm still trying to like process where like, uh, I don't know how to how to explain it. Like when when you're just like, within a community of people when you're just kind of doing this experience by yourself and not mm-hmm. completely by yourself because that a lot of support and whatnot, but it is, it's just an interesting thing to process and when to talk about these things and when not to talk about it. Yeah. But now, now to the main topic. So, oh, I thought that's um, kind of it. Yeah, there. yeah, <laughs> that's no. Kind of that's us wrap <laughs> it up.
2: The debrief and then we're good. No, when
0: when when I was thinking what I'd like to talk about with LGBTQ issues, this is going to be either like really interesting for people or just a complete flop. Um but I love I love history. So, I figured like we could have a sort of gay history sort of segment. So, mm. Um, I probably should have uh, given you warning so Graham, so you can make a, a tune uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to begin i
2: have I have harpsichord in the MIDI I can, I can play. can perfect that yeah. that would be <laughs> okay. I can already picture it yeah
0: so like one one of my favorite things is study in general 's history simply because it 's good to know how different movements have formed and how they've developed. And uh, you understand the current situation more and every, every human movement has like things that you love, things that you hate, a lot of complexity to it. And I want us to interact with a little history. Uh, So like uh, a lot of people know certain events within the modern gay movement. Like uh, a lot of people have at least heard about Stonewall or that, that name. Um, and and then I think for a lot of people, it just kind of goes blank um, after after Stonewall. And when you look at when you look at gay history is uh, there's there is a big shift from the focus on liberation to a focus on assimilation. So when the modern gay movement first started, the goal was to cut out every oppressive structure within society, not even just issues related to sexuality, but like uh, anything that oppressed people, cut it out. And even issues of of marriage, um, of armies, of uh, um, different uh, types of government, um, or like what people groups experience, like it was a very comprehensive view of the world. Um, uh, But after, after a while, so like they created these different groups called the gay liberation front um, that started in all these different cities around the world. And uh, it was very influential. uh, But uh, after a while, that form of the movement died out during the AIDS crisis, uh, because a lot of the leaders of the gay liberation front, Uh, um, died off during that time. Hmm. Um, And so there was kind of this shift in focus to assimilation of uh, let's work within the structures of society. Um, Like one of the things that intrigued me right off the bat was uh, like the early gay movement was strongly against same-sex marriage because you're working within those heterosexual structures. Because that was an assimilation, yeah. Uh, But after the AIDS crisis, there was almost like, this need or desire to work within current society structures, because having almost an entire generation die, uh, they, um, and like rest of society, ignoring that situation uh, to a large part, um, there was the focus on assimilation. So like the idea of having gay people serve in the military, at least in the States, uh, like in the early gay movement, that would have been horribly wrong because Uh, having a military is a wrong thing, but later on it was something that they wanted.
1: So Peter, Uh, would you say that's like, like there's a movement that's orchestrating that, or is it more like a pushback and a give and take responding to things that are happening in history?
0: I think there's a lot of give and take, uh, because like there was always that kind of under, um, theme, uh, within the gay movement of assimilation, but that was the, yeah, that was, uh, the minority group. Um, so like, um, after the 80s, that's when things shifted. So, like, uh, uh, the focus was no longer on the liberation of society. It was focused on assimilation.
2: Hmm. Is it almost like, like, it's one of those things where maybe, like, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot,
0: Oh, at the same time,
2: maybe like that's a lot to tackle at, at a given moment. And maybe this was a baby step. Well,
0: that, that was, I think that was part of the impression too, but is a totally different way of viewing the world. Right. So it's like, yeah. um, yeah. And there's still, there still isn't a focus on liberation as much. Like there's a lot of gay historians like, uh, um, uh, Duberman. I can't remember his first name at the moment, but he's been like tracking, um, of this, and he's he's been writing a lot of books lately on analyzing if the movement went went way too off course or or whatnot. But I figured for today's episode, I just pulled out oh, a piece of paper. A paper. <laughs> Is that There's crinkling you hear? Uh-huh. So the early gay liberation fronts uh, wrote these manifestos. Okay. Uh, the most famous manifesto was uh, in London. And it was written in 1971. So I figured we could go through some excerpts together.
2: I didn't see this coming. I'll be and no, and, and <laughs> do a little
0: interaction with history. So I'm gonna read um, an excerpt and ask a question, and we could maybe take a little break, um, and then we can discuss it afterwards. Sure. So this manifesto was. Basically, trying to lay out a vision of how to restructure off society. And I want the listener to know, I don't agree with everything in the manifesto. I don't want people to assume those things. Uh, But
2: the first thing... I'll I'll put a big disclaimer in the episode, too. Like, this is not what Peter thinks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Reminders. So, um, one excerpt. The oppression of gay people starts in the most basic unit of society. The family consisting of the man in charge, a slave as his wife and their children on whom they force themselves as the ideal models. So my question for you three is why (laughs) did you go into this system of oppression willingly? Like you're
1: assuming it was willingly Peter. (laughs) (laughs) That's an assumption. Oh man.
0: So, uh, shall we take a break on, on that note or should we continue? (laughs)
1: Let's let, yeah that let's
2: talk pa- like about yeah, time wait. for a break? Let's pause and we'll respond. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta just text my wife real quick. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay, so that, that first little bit that I read uh obviously seemed a little extreme, but I'm gonna read a little bit more and I think that I think this will help people understand why people felt that way, why people thought uh, the family life was an oppressive life. So I'll read this uh, short paragraph here. The fact that gay people notice that they are different from other men and women in the family situation causes them to feel ashamed, guilty, and as failures. How many of us have really dared to be honest with our parents? How many of us have been thrown out of home? How many of us have been pressured into marriage, sent to psychiatrists, frightened into sexual inertia, ostracized, banned, emotionally destroyed, all by our parents?
1: Yeah, that gives some context to the startling first sentence that you read.
0: I think I think it's helpful for people to realize, even if they disagree um, with that, because obviously I disagree with that as well. I don't see uh, the family unit as automatically as an oppressive unit but like even a couple of those things they listed i'm like i went through a little bit of that too like i i understand where that anger is Mm -hmm. is coming from you really see that driving
3: i think it the the phrasing of that first point you made like it's it's shocking kind of like just to participate in a traditional or what's known as a traditional family structure you're oppressing gay people Right, and that's the shocking part. But the, there is, and maybe you have it there still, like there's something about promoting that as the ideal and that's the oppressive part, right? So I think that initially I'm like, the, we kind of laugh or we, like, that's a shocking thing. Like if, I'm not intentionally oppressing anyone by part- like just being married and having kids. But if you promote that as the ideal, Right? Like that could be perceived as oppressive. And I, to- I get that. But it took me, I've been quiet for five minutes and I finally figured
1: it
0: out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I would actually, like the way you just framed it, I would actually agree with that because I don't think marriage. Should be the ideal, at least for everybody in society, because we all know people who uh, might never get married or people who have yeah. been married and have been divorced um, or uh, their spouse has uh, passed away. Like there's all these situations why people aren't married. And when we make marriage the ideal system, it could potentially be a very oppressive yeah. situation.
1: Like you're not whole if you're not in this working relationship. hmm. Yeah. Totally hear that.
2: I'm I'm kind of humming the love and marriage song from Mary but children in my head right now. Do you guys know that theme song? Oh do I? Just popped into my head. That's just an aside though. Let's keep going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that's that's I have all the excerpts I have from the the family section. There are other sections that I pulled from this manifesto. So I don't know.
2: Was this manifesto widely circulated, and known in the seventies? Is this something that?
0: Yeah. So this is this is the so the different um, gay liberation fronts uh, wrote different manis- manifestos or little little documents that they uh, to push what they believe in uh, but this one from london from 1971 is by far the most famous out of
1: all of them. so isn't like they'd circulate what would the who would be the target audience yeah like
0: the the different um uh, gay liberation fronts would be loosely connected with each other. So there was like no like overarching organization, but they'd often share ideas.
1: But are they like stapling these to like light posts or is it like...
0: Probably, probably even putting it in newspapers. Like yeah. that that sort of detail I don't exactly mm. know. Mm. They they had a lot of protest. So that like a lot of the information in there was probably pushed at protest. Mm-hmm. I wonder... Peter,
2: about how much... Because we, we didn't really grow up in, in that era. We weren't adults yet. We, the, we weren't born yet. So, But I wonder, if some of the attitudes of maybe our parents' generation towards these kinds of movements are very much colored by, by, by these maybe movements in the 70s? Do you know what I mean? Like Because, because the, the goals and, and the movements changed and evolved over the years, like you talked about, maybe there's people in power, the older generation, they still have that in their psyche. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I like, I i think that makes perfect sense. I think there's a couple of things that are going on where like, since they were so strongly against uh, uh marriage and the family unit and like especially your conservative christian group they strongly valued marriage in the family unit those were automatically enemies so you're
1: yeah you're uh, yeah right and
0: uh and uh because uh the gay community uh was against marriage they were also very promiscuous and so that was mm. also something that the uh, conservative christian community was strongly against mm. um uh, so, the, yeah, the, all those factors. Was
1: there a like? Was there a group of society that wanted to listen to this and say, "Hey, we hear you, and we want you to know you're heard," or was it just like everybody's at odds with each other at this time?
0: Um, other minorities uh, tried, like the gay liberation front, and other minorities tried making agreements and working together. Like uh, the the black community uh, tried. Um, um, Tried forming alliances, basically, uh, but uh, things just didn't work out. Uh, so there was, so the early gay movement, and I could be wrong on this, but from what I know, like was very much like by themselves.
1: Like what they had in common was oppression, but not necessarily anything else. Yeah. Or- when
0: when the AIDS crisis happened, it really turned around. Um, like a lot of society ignored um, the. Um, gay people in the the AIDS crisis, but there are also a lot of people who started caring about gay people for the first time because they're seeing all these people dying a disease that they didn't understand. So, um, mm. so I, in many ways, that's when things started to turn.
2: I can't imagine that sort of a crisis uh, happening now with the way that media circulates and travels and the misinformation. Mm. Like, it, it obviously traveled back then as well, for sure, but I just can't imagine... In modern context, something like that happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, uh, was the president, uh, helpful at that time?
0: No, kind of, with, yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> don't know much about that Probably, era. Probably,
1: but... yeah, no political structures were really
0: well, especially
1: since except in select cities, the, or... the
0: presidents at that time, uh, really wanted support from the Christian base, um, and so they purposely didn't put a whole lot of effort in addressing the uh, the HIV AIDS crisis. Now, there were also a lot of Christians that were strong supporters, like especially Roman Catholics. Um, uh, Oh, I should look up the podcast. There's a podcast. Um, oh, I wish I remember the name of it, but it was, uh, looking at, Uh, the Catholic Church uh, in New York in the 80s and the many ways that they helped the gay community and the many ways that they also hurt the gay community. Uh, But like it was uh, the Catholic hospitals that were the uh, friendliest Mm -hmm. toward um, uh, people with HIV. So, yeah.
3: What's the next item on the... (laughs) <laughs> the next Dare one, he asked.
1: <laughs>
0: so there, there, are a lot of different items. Uh, this is a long document, but the one that I chose next was education because I figured with uh, three educators wow. here, that might be a, a good
2: topic. Ooh, two of us quite good at it, so that's. Which? Oh. Well, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> that's, <laughs>
1: that's for another episode. <laughs>
0: Okay, so now for education. (laughs) In the content of education, homosexuality is generally ignored, even when we know it, it exists, as in history and literature. Even sex education, which has been considered a new liberal dynamic of secondary schooling, proves to be little more than an extension of Christian morality. Homosexuality is again either ignored or attacked with moralistic warnings and condemnations that adolescents recognizing his or her homosexuality might feel totally alone in the world or a pathologically sick wreck. Oof. So Yoof. this was written in the 70s. Has things yeah. changed?
2: I mean, curriculum wise, I don't think my experience fit in with that at all. So maybe that's changed since the 70s. What do you guys think?
1: Yes, I mean, parts of it rang true a little bit, I think, but... Well, I think, I don't even,
3: I don't know if I, this would be a confession, like, what does our curriculum
1: say about sex education, right now, even? Yeah, I mean, I think, it, I think a little bit in each grade level, but it's it's also prefaced with, you know, make sure that you're connecting with parents and letting them know so they can opt out, because these are things that you shouldn't be talking about at school, but at home, almost, you know.
2: But this said, but, this said that that the stuff taught officially in schools was doesn't even was give very Christian credence based, to that. based oh. could, right? Like it was like abstinence, and right, I'm guessing, right. or so
3: even by giving that letter, you're saying we're going to be leaving certain things. We're talking from a certain perspective, and I think the the article there, the manifesto, talked about how a student in that setting could interpret this as oppressive is basically this is yeah, still yeah, the same yeah that sounds like it right? like, yeah so and i could see that even today like a, a student here and i mean it depends on teachers and delivery and like we have a hard job
1: like, yeah like and i think as parent like parents should be the ones who are having these discussions i get that in lots of times they're not but it's a touchy subject in many ways. It sure is. Thanks, Peter.
0: Yeah, well, I'm part of the <laughs> <laughs> A 50-year-old manifesto is really getting to yeah. me. <laughs> well, one of the differences, um, though maybe not so much for you guys, but this was written in London where, like in the 70s where religious education was a part of mm-hmm. the normal education uh, system. And they actually um, mentioned that. Uh, formal religious education is still part of everyone's schooling and our whole legal structure is supposedly based on Christianity whose archaic and irrational teachings support the family and marriage as the only permitted condition for sex. Gay people have been attacked as abominable and sinful since the beginning of both Judaism and Christianity. And even if today the church is playing down these strictures on homosexuality, its new ideology is that gay people are pathetic objects for sympathy. Wow. So... (laughs)
1: And that's like best case scenario. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because like, obviously there's much that I disagree with because like, well, I'm like, well, I love the archaic teachings of Christianity. Like, otherwise I wouldn't be a pastor. Uh, <laughs> but, but the, the last, the last bit there always strikes me, uh, as pathetic objects for sympathy, mm. uh, because I'm like, well, that part is still true actually. Like, uh, I feel like that's normally what I get uh, still is like
1: pity or um,
0: both from like uh, traditional Christians and affirming Christians because like, because I'm in the, the celibate life uh, affirming Christians give me pity Um, like uh, your life must suck. And uh, traditional Christians uh, also um, uh, see my situation as a sad situation uh, because I can't get married. So it's like, like, either, hmm. either way. Hmm. So that last sentence does.
1: which Which connects to the first thing you read about the family structure being mm. the kind of be, end-all, be-all.
0: Yeah. So that's, like, the interesting thing with these historical documents, because some parts I really agree with, uh, and some parts I, I have major issues with. I just keep thinking
2: about how you said a 50-year-old document. But in many circles, not much has changed, really, at all. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I mean, that could come from a modern evangelical or, or whatever
1: i don't do you think a single person could experience the same feel like could this be written from that perspective too would from if if it's from like religious persecution or those ideals
0: like what do you mean exactly
1: a straight single person would they also feel this same like they're not sort in a family
0: unit Right? Is that
1: you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not being real clear there. But
0: yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Um, to be honest, especially in Red Deer, I don't know a whole lot of straight single people. Like, mm. so, um, so if you're a straight single person listening to this, <laughs> come pod- on to gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that. Oh, sorry, you piece of crap. I love
1: that Peter was. Doing See, this that. is
0: oh, this man. is an example of straight people pushing their privilege. Oh, <laughs> if you knew the email address, <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, I email oh, you guys. All. Ouch. With complaints. <laughs> but that's all that I have written on education. So I don't know if you guys want to talk about that more. But well,
2: I, I teach math and science. I don't really have to. Uh, uh, yeah all i know is i mean you would know more as a race principal all i know is that that
3: subject is tough in many many ways and i don't know Well, i think from i think things have have changed in 50 years like the the curriculum or the like you talked about the the christian perspective in 50 years ago is that i think for some people that's still the christian perspective today
1: mm-hmm. but pluralism I, is actually like a hallmark of the new curriculum that's coming out in a year like it's a right it's mentioned as a foundation yeah but we
3: teach in a christian school and i and i don't adhere to that version of like what you read like that's not the way i would deliver that kind of content right if if that makes sense like but i think that some some people still would criticize me for that because they view the Christian morality as this, as what you read, right? So I think it's...
1: Yeah, I think what we know about kids too is when you don't see yourself represented in a population. So if most teachers are from a certain background and kids are very diverse um, and they don't see themselves represented even in the teaching profession, Mm -hmm. that can be tricky because you're only hearing from one perspective or from largely one perspective, not only one perspective, but, and that isn't necessarily the curriculum, but more even just the, the lens or the, the worldview that some of those things would be expressed or taught through. So that could be a disadvantage for kids of all kinds.
0: Well, and the interesting thing too is the teacher could be quite well intentioned Um. And still, like, yeah. Uh, like if they don't actively understand the different situations that people are in, that's right. Um. Yeah. I wonder if
2: we should do a little break here, Peter, and maybe do one more. Yeah, yeah. Right? Let me, let me.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll figure out the next one here. Sure,
2: and I'll definitely let you let you speak next time. I won't interrupt uh, next time. <laughs>
3: Okay.
0: okay so the next topic will be employment if our upbringing so often produces guilt and shame the experience of an adult gay person is oppressive in every aspect In their work situation, gay people face the ordeal of spending up to 50 years of their lives confronted with the anti-homosexual hostility of their fellow employees. We are excluded from many jobs in high places where being married is the respectable guarantee, but being homosexual apparently makes us unstable, unreliable security risks. Neither, uh, for example, are we allowed the job of teaching children because we are all reckoned to be compulsive, child-molesting maniacs. Mm-hmm. There are thousands of examples of people having lost their jobs due to it becoming known that they were gay, though employers usually contrive all manner of spurious reasons.
3: The the language of all of these is so so strong, and it like... But I I know that people like it. It holds true still for people today, and that's the part where it gets like kind of gets to me. Like,
2: well, if you were treated that way, you'd be strongly wording things too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like There's this a righteous is like righteous anger to it. Yeah. Chris, you hire people at the school. Mm-hmm. What's that like?
1: <laughs> well, no, but that's a really good question because I was thinking like, I can you imagine asking? And I bet fifty years ago, you could ask a question. Or get away with asking the question because the system allowed you to be able to do that about your preferences or your, uh, you know, your religious background or whatever it was um, that would prevent people from even getting jobs. Which, you know, I hope those things are, but I'm sure that still exists and there's yeah. still like those, those biases in, even in a job interview. But I hope it's changed somewhat.
0: Just a reminder that in the States, uh, uh, discrimination against LGBTQ people for employment, uh, was just made law less than a year ago. So, so this is
1: a little, okay. that's a, that's hard to believe, but
0: it's, I think one of the reasons why I picked this one too, is this is the one that probably hit home the hardest for me. Like like the um the job of teaching children uh that line um yeah. like i used to work at a camp and when i actually uh came out to them i they didn't fire me um uh, thankfully but they made me a janitor um i was no longer allowed to work with kids after that and so those and i've i've heard that line so many times mm-hmm. before so like that one i feel like rings the truest or the the part that hasn't really changed since this has been written i mean do you right. think that
2: like where we live there's there's parents that if they found out their 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 kid's teacher was gay that they would have a negative reaction to that
1: oh yeah. certainly <laughs> yeah,
2: i'm not really asking i'm just saying oh okay <laughs> sorry yeah yeah okay no but rhetorical
3: it's a rhetorical question yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, like, just because it's, I was just trying to think if I could, because of the charter, like, in Canada.
1: Which has been around since 84.
3: 84, is that, I was trying to remember the date. I think, or 82. Like, so at least the charter recognizes, like, tries to prevent discrimination for all kinds of reasons.
1: So at least it's been in our law. It's
3: in our law, and it's been in job interviews, and, like, they won't, like, those questions won't be asked. But I'm sure the the attitude still exists. Yeah. uh, Yeah, you're right. And it's like a and it doesn't become an issue until it becomes until it
1: (laughs) happens, like with the till there's a grievance or till there's a Well, or until
3: like like Peter, your story at camp like makes me really sad. Like Yeah. Like that Somebody's bias is coming through in that conversation. Yeah, like they, they know at the interview they can't ask those things. Like that's protected or whatever but once they find out like then their opinion becomes very clear the, right like and that's
0: yeah and well the the funny thing with that particular situation too is the reason why i came out to them is i took a week of vacation to go to conversion therapy <laughs> so it's just like oh, always yeah, well, that, it's, that uh, makes the
3: story even sadder and, oh,
0: man. <laughs> oh man my life sucks i guess <laughs> uh but like <laughs> <No>. like <laughs> i think part of it too in those situations, I think I'm not sure if the people who ran the camp were actually uh, scared of me. I think they were afraid of what if parents found right. out. I think that was the controlling yep. fear in in that situation uh, because they they were probably correct in that uh, assumption. There, um, they probably would have had so many complaints from parents.
1: Can I ask you a question, which you don't know what it's going to be, so you'll probably just say yes. So I'm just going to assume that I can. Um, what prevents you from writing a manifesto of your own?
0: Hmm. That's a good point.
1: Or maybe you have written one. I don't know. <laughs> this is actually his the whole time. <laughs> just kidding. It's only two years old. <laughs> I...
0: I have I have thought of writing like more of like a theological uh document because I've been unimpressed with a lot of the more theological documents that have come out in recent years addressing these things. But I've I've never thought of writing a sort of manifesto. All right. Episode yeah. forty one. <laughs> <Let's do it. laughs> but let's uh move on to the next part uh or this will be the last part of the manifesto that i'll cover um and there's a lot more to this manifesto but this is about the demands of immediate demands so this isn't like the long-term demands that they want to see like eventually in the future this is what they wanted to see right off the bat so um Here are the demands that all discrimination against gay people, male and female, by the law, by employers and by society at large should end. That all people who feel attracted to a member of their own sex be taught that such feelings are perfectly valid. Hmm. That sex education in schools stop being exclusively heterosexual, that psychi- that psychiatrists stop treating homosexuality as though it were a sickness, thereby giving gay people senseless guilt complexes. That gay people be as legally free to contact other gay people through newspaper ads on the streets and by any other means. That employers should no longer be allowed to discriminate against anyone on account of their sexual preferences. That the age of consent for gay males be reduced to the same as for straight. And that gay people be free to hold hands and kiss in public
2: real quick uh what was the age of consent
0: i actually have no idea like i keep on forgetting to look that one up uh but Mm. also this was london too so i don't know if that Mm. same thing was in Hmm. canada or in the states
1: wow those like you hear the whatever the word is volatility or whatever in those earlier kind of demands or whatever you'd call them and then when you hear that it's sort of like oh those are all quite reasonable (laughs) <laughs> you know like right or, you wow said, and that's what it amounted to that's what they were asking for
0: yeah yeah the thing that i found interesting and i want to like i haven't done more research to like know exactly what they meant but the ability to contact other gay people um like i don't know if like they meant to like just for like friendship or for hooking up or whatnot i don't know what they meant but maybe if it's
1: like a newspaper ad where it's like single white female searching like and if it was seeking another they would just say no we won't run that ad or
0: yeah i i don't know exactly like if i think about it like gay people in general like if even for friendships i'm like wow like i've like contacted people like through social media mainly but it's well, yeah. it,
3: the the community was probably forced underground, right? And then yeah. they they were demanding that they could come out from underground. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be acceptable to have these communities that just have a community that is
1: that, you don't have to like sneak around to or let us be part of your community where and not for yeah
0: yeah that's what I'm guessing they meant yeah. like uh, it, that that part could be taken a couple ways, but I'm guessing for community in general.
2: Peter, from your point of view, when you read all those in succession like that, what do you, it's 50 years later, are not that we can assess all of it, but are there, are there points there that you think society has, or people have adapted to better than others? Are there other areas where
3: Hmm.
2: we've, we've have improved? Or have we fallen short I'm, in every way? I'm <laughs>
0: like this is an awkward long pause here. <laughs> I'm 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 sure I'm sure there have I know that there have been improvements. So there's that. But um almost all of these, like like
3: all in all of those demands there's there they are still an area of concern, I feel like.
0: Well, like when I read these, like the, of course the age of consent one, I have no idea the information. And yeah, that doesn't really uh, pertain to nowadays, but uh, um, almost all of these, I'm like, I actually have situations where I could relate to most of these. So they're, they're, they are still issues like, Mm um, like, for example, the discrimination against gay people by the law, employers or society right. at large, like, like, yeah, that's still a definite yeah. thing.
3: Um, or the like holding hands in public, like, I'm sure it's more acceptable than 50 years ago, but it's still not, you're not free from judgment you get or rubberneckers or, yeah. yeah. or some comments or, or, or so
0: or, even like physical attacks like i've had friends where that's happened yeah so Mm. that that still happens
2: i think i think we there's probably places where it's better i don't think we live in a city that's known for its (laughs) progressive attitudes towards wait holding hands but
0: red deer isn't progressive i got news for you
2: (laughs) (laughs) not to throw red deer under the bus but i I'm sure there are cities in Canada that you can hold hands and there'll be absolutely no issue with anyone who walks by you, or very few, I guess.
0: Now, right? Yeah. Is that
3: well? And even like without naming, like, yeah, different areas are going to be more accepting than others. And, yeah. yeah.
0: One of one of the interesting Timberstone, very accepting. <laughs> <laughs> one of the interesting things to me, like looking to like the denomination that I'm a part of. Um, is my denomination was one of the first Christian denominations to push back against the law in Canada, where like up until 73, it was illegal to be gay. And my denomination was the first one to push back against that, or one of the first. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so it's one of those things. And, and my denomination was quite conservative at, at the time. Um, I I think... There was this realization, though, where, like, uh, straight people, like, if you think of it within the same, the sin framework, that straight people doing the same things wouldn't end up in jail. Um, And so, like, just looking at it from that uh, aspect, too. But, yeah, there's a lot of things on that list that I'm like, these are still issues. Um,
1: Well, in our 60th episode, (laughs) when we do... Queer Eye Part 3. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have seen a lot more progress. What's your hope for that? Like, what's or your outlook? Is it positive? Is it trending in the right direction?
0: I'm seeing some, I'm seeing a lot of positives, but like, probably the biggest negative, and some people disagree with me because people who are allies on the affirming side would probably disagree with me on this is I still think marriage is a problem. Like I, I think we focus on it way too much and structure our society around it way too much. Uh, because like, like even when you think outside the areas of sexuality, I know plenty of single people, um, who, uh, don't have full lives because they're single. Um, and especially during COVID are, super isolated because they're single. So it's a, uh, there's, there's a lot of issues pertaining to that, that I think is still around. And I think if we, I think if we think just within the marriage framework, we're missing all the other issues. So, Hmm. yeah. Peter,
2: thank you. For basically running the show for us. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: kind of ended on a despairing note there. I'm we, sorry about we that. We were all trying to feed you <laughs> questions that would give
2: us some sort of positive. We were trying desperately to, come on, end on a happy note here. But no, the, I just I appreciate you bringing this to us tonight. And uh, it was exciting to not know what we were going to talk about. But there is so much value in, in studying history that we haven't mined at all on the podcast yet. And, and what a great way to introduce us to that idea. And so thank you. Well, and,
0: and thanks for... Well, you had no idea that I was going to do this, but mm-hmm. thanks for letting me do this because, yeah. quite frankly, I never get to talk about the gay manifesto to anybody. So <laughs> it's like, like this gives me this gives me right. a wonderful opportunity right, to right. to do that. So
2: I can't wait till uh, I get home. My wife says, "What do you talk about?" <laughs> oh the gay manifesto. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, I, well I we talk about it every night. Yeah, <laughs> I mentioned this like the first time or the f- queer eye for the harmonious guys episode one. Um, it just sparked conversation. And I think like, how often do you get to talk about the gay manifesto, but how many people are going to talk about it after listening to this? Like, I think that's, if there's any hope in this, I guess, is that people can have conversations that, um, that they wouldn't have had otherwise.
0: And I hope people nuance things too, because like the thing that I love about this is there are things that, um, people seem to like in this manifesto. And there are things that people seem to really dislike. And I think that's with all these contentious issues. We so badly want to put people in categories where they're the enemy. But when you actually look at uh, why they're thinking the way that they think, you you find yourself agreeing with some of the things that, that they're saying. And I think that's helpful to look at these primary sources and to wrestle with them.
3: So talk about it. It's a people. good practice, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Well, we have one more thing to do tonight. Oh, man. got to get something off our chest. We should confess. And uh, at home feeling relieved, you know? It
3: yeah. always feels good. Let's yeah. confess stuff.
1: One practice that we found to be harmonious and to contribute to the way that we live in community with each other is to confess things that are on our minds that may be stopping us from living the way we should. And mine is some coveting that I've been doing. About a year ago, uh, Ford started putting out some really great commercials about their new line of Broncos. Have you guys seen these ads? They're often during hockey hockey games in the first period. And uh, I really, really desperately want a Ford Bronco. I'm, n- I'm not a car guy. I don't really like think about cars very often. I've talked about a truck that I got rid of earlier in the episodes of Harmonious Gentlemen, but I desperately want a Ford Bronco.
2: Is it the OJ thing? Like, what draws <laughs> it's you? It's not the OJ thing.
1: No, it just, if That's you watch the joke. ad, that was- yeah, it's Brian Cranston. He's narrating just how awesome a wild Bronco is, and then it kind of cuts to the... The newly designed Ford Bronco and how good it looks. Oh. I don't know. I've never wanted a car like I've wanted a Ford Bronco. I wonder, like, when the OJ thing happened,
2: they, they stopped making them for a while. Yeah. Right?
1: I, like, right around then.
2: And then Arrested Development made the funny joke where it's like they started making the Ford Escape, which is kind of hilarious.
1: <laughs> but and Seinfeld had a good Bronco episode.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: With Kramer. So I wonder how long do they wait?
2: Like, what's the. Limitation? So
1: apparently, 25 years. And so now it's they're back. new. Okay. It's new. It's brand new. I haven't even seen one in person yet. Only on the ad and the website, which I've designed my the one that I want. Okay. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so, if you guys ever come like up with sixty or seventy thousand extra dollars and want to just bless me, okay, I'd love to bless you. Or Ford Bronco. You transfer to harmonious General You got to get a Patreon account. <laughs> and cool. I would put one of our stickers on it, like for sure. Well, I would hope so. Um,
2: my confession. Thanks, Chris. My confession is that uh, I recently... I feel really bad about this, but I recently interrupted a really good friend uh, when they were trying to, to speak. And in the moment, I got recently. caught up in the moment, and I just jumped in, and I, and I just jumped all over it. And, and even now, all this time later, I still feel bad about it. So I'm not going to say who it is, but we- it is a gay pastor that I know. And... <laughs> People in the room could tell it bothered you right away. (laughs) I I I legitimately actually do feel bad about that. Um, That was not my confession originally,
1: but it is now. Was it his reaction or the act of doing that? No. As I was saying it, I realized
2: like he's he's about to say this. Like I my I didn't think he was until as I was saying it, it was clear he was going to. So uh, again, I'm not going to say who it is, but Tyler. (laughs)
3: That was a good confession. (laughs) Um. Earlier on in the episode, we talked about a previous episode where you guys um criticized a Will Smith movie that i that I liked yeah um, yeah
1: Good memories there yeah
3: <laughs> and I guess my confession was is and like this is maybe already out there that I actually felt really bad or like embarrassed that I oh. had on the podcast said. I liked a movie, and then both of you jumped all over me and said how terrible a movie it was. And Tyler, I, this sounds so, less like a
1: confession and more no. like
3: you want us to make a confession. Apologize dude. But <laughs> I guess the confession part is that I really had to justify my opinion afterwards. So thankfully, someone emailed, like a listener did an email and kind of have my back. But I did go and watch the movie again, Oh. and then I watched like like YouTube videos of people talking, like reviewing it, and like just to make myself feel better. Okay. Like I, I like sought out reviews that were positive, and and were the
1: reviews mostly like, yes, it's a movie, or
3: what? No, what kinds of no. things were they saying? <laughs> no, you guys made me feel like it was a terrible, terrible recommend, like oh. opinion to have. <laughs> And those reviews just made me feel like it was a fair okay. thing to like. Okay. No one's saying it's his best movie or anything, but except like you, it.
2: literally on the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I like to think we've come a long way since then, Chris. I
1: think we're, yeah, we're better I, friends. We were and, just te- totally teasing you. I like that yeah. you like it. That makes me happy, kind no, of. But
3: I guess the confession is that I am insecure enough that hmm. I needed to go and like. I see. L- prove to myself that, that
2: it was okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, I wasn't on that episode. But I, I, and I've never seen the movie, but I'm just going to guess that it's a 47 or maybe 50%. Like I'll say probably (laughs) half the critics liked it. So we'll see.
2: Somebody vamp for a second while I look this up. So
1: 68. Whoa. See, it's not as bad. I'm surprised in two ways. One that Peter was that off and two that. It's, it's higher than a fifty. It's, <laughs> high. it's almost certified no, fresh. I can't believe it. Is it. Actually,
0: what movie was I supposed to look up? I am Legend? Like, yeah, I got it.
1: Or no, I Am Legend.
0: It's not certified fresh though. Well
1: What does it have to be seventy? You you guys, said, this, it'll, it'll, it'll this is straight. working out great for me. <laughs> it'll
0: it'll say certified like fresh, fresh on on there, so it's like like mostly fresh. Like seventy percent is like where it's like okay. guaranteed.
2: I gotta say, this is great audio right now. Like what we're mm-hmm. doing. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is exactly what I planned. <laughs> Peter, why don't you bring us home with our
0: 40th episode uh, final confession? So, you know, Graham, you're you're one of my favorite people, um, and I. I, I trust your judgments uh, with a lot of things, and I've been quite impressed with everything that you've done with this podcast, but I'm not a person for sentimental stuff, and I noticed a couple episodes ago that you started adding these little <laughs> sentimental <laughs> piano um uh, postludes uh, to that oh. episode... Mm-hmm. And I cannot stand it. Like <laughs> really? I just wow. I I really I think it's a poor judgment on on your part, but
2: it's You guys know when it's yeah. going to come in this episode, it, right? Right oh, now.
3: Man. It's already it's already
0: happening. <laughs> but but it's it's only it's like, just below that time where you didn't uh, inform Heidi that I couldn't eat gluten. Like, it's it's just below that in the areas of poor judgment on your part. So, just...
2: Well, I appreciate you, too. And I appreciate <laughs> your honesty. And, uh you know, even as I was playing that piano at the end of the last one, I, I, I knew it wasn't going to go over well with you, but... I was telling these guys, it, it was inspired by SNL. I don't know if anyone's ever seen yeah. this show. It's a comedy show. Um, and there's always like an ending where they thank the, everyone and some piano comes in and the band kicks in. So that's where it came from. Um, I would actually love to poll our audience, if that's okay with you guys. Please do. Because I, even though it's cheesy, and I will not argue that, I don't think cheesy is always bad. So if anyone would like to let us know. That could be that like an, an Instagram, Instagram, poll. Instagram poll coming Let's up. Let's do it. Twitter poll. Though yeah. so I
0: do, I you. do want to be clear. Though it is good piano playing, yeah. like it's just—it's
1: not the quality just, of the playing; it's the yeah. timing and the placement.
0: Yeah,
3: I feel like people aren't listening to us anymore. They're just listening to the music, and they can visualize us just sitting here laughing with, just like the SNL thing. Yeah, like, you don't hear yeah. what they're saying; you just see yeah. patting on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Some, that was fun. Some laughs, some yeah. fake laughter. You see. Yeah, I love it. And you're you're like got your headphones on. You're actually playing live piano to us, right? And I'm kind of doing
2: that when I when I when I mix this. Like I I put yeah. them on and I just play as I listen and I try to fill in the gaps. Like I, I you know I try yeah. to make it organic. That's pretty
3: cool, actually. Thank you. I'd uh, like to watch this. And I'm so pumped that that's probably playing right now. While
0: it we're it literally talking about is his piano. Hey Graham, play a D. <laughs> I'm luck. never I'm never gonna be invited back after <laughs> after this one. <laughs>
1: you can get in touch with the show yeah and you should at harmonious gentleman at gmail.com yes a lot of people have said to me that
2: I I'm, I want to email and keep meeting you. it's our 40th one throw us a bone yeah shoot us that email
1: maybe like a birthday congratulatory it's not really our birthday but <laughs> <laughs> Happy I mean 40 is a big deal it is
2: but and you guys got the Twitter and the Instagram going as well so
1: yeah
0: is it's this episode some... still going? <laughs> it's wrapping up, but it's still going.
2: If you're with us, we, we love you and we thank you. And we are going to keep going with episode 41 next time in two weeks. And for episode 40 for a little while yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for Tyler to jump in, but I guess that's not going to happen. Oh, no,
3: I'm waiting until you say it. it's time to go. But I do have a well, quick little well, thing No, no, episode. actually it is time to go though, Tyler. So, time to go. Okay. So, <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, my real confession is what I want to say here, and um, is that I have a I Am Legend tattoo on my lower back, and that's why it was so hurtful when you guys...
2: I caught a that glimpse once at the gym. Now. I saw it once. It's but like, I only it's... saw the legend part. I didn't know. <laughs>
3: just Will Smith, like, cuddling his dog as his dog is dying. Like, that's... this. Well, (laughs) we really hope we see you again next time on the
1: show. Mm -hmm. The show, (laughs) Harmonious Gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Harmonious
3: Gentlemen.